Almost Awakened podcast, a no-nonsense approach to spirituality. Here we dive deep into the wisdom traditions while acknowledging insightful breakthroughs in science, psychology, and human development. Our goal is to explore the good life and the very best of spirituality, no-nonsense required. Check us out at almostawaken.org where you can check out past episodes, make a donation, email us a question or comment, or find out more about the resources we shared. And now, today's podcast episode. We're excited to have you here today. Um, Bill, we really haven't had a topic this week, and that's my fault, um, but there there were a couple of things that have been on my mind that I wanted to discuss with you, and I know that you've got a couple of things that you wanted to talk about. So why don't we go ahead and get started and... Um, have you go first? Well, so the thing that was on my mind, I was telling you before we started recording that I was talking to my wife this morning. I said, Amanda, do you mind if I, if I share this, this thing that we've been kind of working on this week? And it's, it's a pretty, again, all shadow comes from a place of darkness. It's the mechanisms we use to protect ourselves. It's the way in which we shield ourselves from criticism. It's the way we protect ourselves from others, adding shame or guilt. And so we don't need to be, uh, we don't need to feel additional shame because we've all got shadows. We don't need to feel additional shame as we, as we get poked by these things. But the important thing is to start seeing them and to start wrestling with them. And uh, the, I'll tell the story, which is my wife and I went out to dinner this, this past week. We went to Olive Garden and uh, had a nice dinner. And when the dinner was done, they gave us like, uh, I think it was seven Andes mints. And it looked like there were basically three on one side and four on the other, and the four were closer to me, so I grabbed the four, and she grabs the three, and we go out to the uh, vehicle, and we're on our way to go bowling. And so we're both eating these Andes mints, but there happens to be one left uh, left in the vehicle, left in the in the van. And we get out, we go bowling, we have a great time. We've had just an incredible night, good dinner, good fun while we're out at the bowling alley, knocking pins down. It was a really close game. I end up winning in the very last frame. Um, and we were kind of like daring each other, like if you win, then you have to do. I have to do this, and if I win, then you have to do this. We just kind of having a little fun, little uh, a timeout as a couple, and we were laughing a lot. And uh, and we get done bowling, we put our shoes away, put the balls away, get back out to the van, and there's this one Andy's mint there. And so I go to grab it, and she says, "I think that's mine." And immediately my reaction is like, "Oh yeah, it probably is hers." I I drove to the bowling alley. So I was thinking it was in the cup holder next to me. So I thought it was mine, but I'm immediately okay in my head going like, Oh no, no, that's probably hers. She's probably right. I'm just going to let her have the Andy's mint. So I set it back down and I'm like, no, no, baby, you got me. It's that's yours. And at that point she feels poked because she realizes that by speaking up, she persuaded me not to have the mint and she was only teasing. She actually didn't know if it was mine or hers. And when she felt the poke, she's like, uh, no, 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 you, you go ahead and have it. I'm really sorry. I shouldn't have said anything. But at that point, I've already made the decision. I think I'm like, I think I actually did eat all four of mine. This one is my wife's. It's not mine. And so I wasn't going to touch the thing. And I know it seems so silly, like it's just over a piece of candy. And her reaction at this point was uh, to begin to start getting kind of mean and, and angry about the fact that I wouldn't eat this mint. And so by the time her shadow kind of fully explodes out, what's happening is that she's punishing me and, and she's doing this by being hard on me, kind of raising her voice at me, 
um, essentially kind of distancing herself from me as we get home uh, from the drive back from the bowling alley. And, and this has come up multiple times in our marriage, and I never had the tools to kind of point at it and go like, hey, I think I see what's going on. And so we start to have this conversation about like, why are you, first off, you feel like you did something negative to me by not, by persuading me not to eat this mint that came from dinner. And, and so on top of you feeling like you did some kind of negative thing to me, now that I won't help you make it right by just eating the mint, you're now getting really kind of negative and, and kind of nasty, and you're kind of punishing me for that. And it seems kind of strange that you would take the person who you feel like you victimized, and then on top of that, because they won't help you make the sensation inside you, which is turmoil, make it okay, you now start to punish them. And so her and I, for the last four or five, six days, have been sitting down with conversations about like, hey, I as a human have a right to be, uh, to behave in healthy ways. I get to make choices for myself. And as I make those choices, you don't get to come in and then because of my choice and it wasn't what you wanted it to be to start to punish me for those things. And I think all of us humans are doing that. I don't think all of us are maybe to the extreme of, of, taking something away from someone or persuading them to not do something that they were going to do. And, and now you feel bad. And now, now on top of that, you feel bad. And so you're asking the other person to reconcile the, the, you're feeling bad. And then on top of that, when they don't, you start to punish them even further. But I actually think a lot of humans do do that. And, and I can think of times in my life where I've done that. Uh, I'm curious, Mikel, if that's like a behavior that's, that you see around you, or maybe even see inside yourself. Um, yeah, for sure. I've seen it in myself. And I don't, I don't know that um, kind of two things come to my mind. I don't know if I have ever thought that I'm um, intentionally trying to punish, but certainly trying to make the discomfort go away and, and try and make it somebody else's fault to fix. Um, so yeah, I, that's something that I um, have been working on the last couple of years, but probably it's come to my attention um, in the last six months. We, we talked about this a little bit when um, Kelsey was going to go on her camping trip and I texted you um, because I was going to go to Salt Lake with you and, and I had a work in service training that I had to go to. Do you remember that conversation where I texted you? Yeah, I expected I you to feel sad for me yeah. and try and fix it, but there wasn't anything you could do. And so I recognized that I... Um, was trying to make you and Kelsey feel bad for doing the things that you guys had already planned. Um, and I, I guess in some way like victimize you or victimize myself in um, trying to get you to change things so that I was happy. Yeah. And it even, even like when your girl is out on that camping trip again, you're, you had a, you had a little degree of like, I want her to feel bad and come home quickly. Right. Um, right. Yeah. And, and, and so we, we humans, we have this really deep bullshit where things aren't going the way we want them to do. We want them to go. And so we start manipulating people around us and we start imposing that their choices, which are healthy choices, like for your girl to go on a backpack trip right? or me not to eat a mint. Uh, in fact, the other day, my wife shadow shows up again when, um, I'm, I'm off. It's Friday. I'm off work. 
and she has to work, but she doesn't have to go in until a little bit later. So she has to be there until 10. So she wants me to stay in bed until 9 a.m., but around 7, my back starts hurting. Um, I, I'm realizing that there's things I want to get accomplished today. And so I say like, hey, I'm going to go ahead and get out of bed now. And again, she goes into this mechanism where she's like, with her words and her language, it's shame on you for getting out of bed when you want to get out of bed. If you loved me, you would stay in bed as long as I want you to. And again, I think all of us on some degree are doing bits and pieces of that. And again, in earlier parts of my life, I didn't even know what to call it. I didn't even know how to name it. I didn't, I didn't even, I wasn't even aware of what was going on. I just knew that something didn't feel right. And now that we're on this side of life and you're sitting in and thinking about and wrestling with and reading on shadow work, you're starting to see these human mechanisms that we all do that again, protect us at the expense of hurting others irresponsibly, hurting others uh, in ways that while they're acting healthy and making healthy choices, those choices look different than what we want them to make. And in that, in the midst of them doing something different than we want, we come in with shame or guilt or um, anger or Again, anything we can do to manipulate somebody into doing what it is that we want them to do, and and that is inappropriate. And so it's something that I'm working on. It's something my wife, as we've talked this week about those two instances, she's working on. Um, it becomes, and, and it's hard, by the way. My my wife's like, look, I see what I'm doing, but sometimes but, you can't. Man, stop I don't want to face it. Yeah, yeah, it's hard stuff. It is hard. Um, it it reminds me of a quote that I heard from Brene Brown where she said, it's easier to cause pain than it is to feel it. So oftentimes when we're feeling poked or upset about something, rather than feel what we're feeling, it's easier to make someone else hurt or someone else sad or someone else feel bad about something because then it it makes us feel like it discharges what we're feeling inside. Yeah. And we talked about this last week with Ben. This is an evolutionary mechanism when, when the uh, silverback gorilla gets pissed because he bumped up against a tree and it hurt his shoulder. Right. He now goes to the next guys in charge and the, 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 the next two apes down uh, or the gorillas down and he ends up smacking them in the head. And then they go to a female gorilla and they punch her in the chest. And then she goes to one of the infants and chases him down, trying to scare the hell out of him. Like we've been doing this for tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of years um, as we've evolved as a species. Yeah. It's, it's, it's interesting and crazy. And, um, I was talking to a couple of people last night and we were talking about shadow work and like all of the things that we need to, to fix or keep working on. And in some ways it's super frustrating because it's never going to stop. It's never going to go away. I'm never going to be, um, completely free of shadows and those evolutionary mechanisms. So it's frustrating at times because I just, I just want to be healthy. Yeah. And, and at the and while we get healthier, we're never going to be healthy. I know. Yeah. And it it's frustrating. It is. Um, I'm looking at myself and I'm going like, look, I like being a better person, but relationships and self-improvement, it's like rubber meets the road on this side of things. And it is not only frustrating, it feels almost like it's too hard. In some ways, yeah. Um, and at some times... Yeah, I I had a blast last night. We were at a, um, a party and just had a great time. And then um, I was talking to 
a new friend and um, she confronted me on a couple of issues that she she noticed and I had a complete come apart for probably an hour and a half, maybe two hours last night, just unraveling. And my struggle, Bill, is is how do how do you accept all of your shadows and be okay with them and not let those parts of your life or your personality overrun all the good? Like how, how do you focus on the good and not be egotistical and, um, you know, just so full of yourself and cocky and rude, but still like have confidence and be sure of yourself and, um, and recognize the good. So great question. The only thought that comes to mind is it goes back to that idea of being present and recognizing that only the present moment is reality. In other words, whatever mistake I made yesterday to sit and dwell on it and to essentially dig myself into a hole doesn't do any good. And for me to to worry about what mistake I might make tomorrow or even in three hours or even in 20 minutes doesn't make much sense. So I, I try to be my healthiest self in in each present moment and I screw it up. And when I screw it up, I feel like shit for a little bit. Uh, but the sooner I can just set it aside and say, okay, that's that's the past. Let's sit right here right now and be healthy again. Uh, you know, you and I talked before when when we first kind of were building a friendship with each other and you would spiral out over over something that happened. You and your girl get into an argument or something didn't go the way the way it did and you got hurt. And and before you know it, like you're spending two hours hurt and frustrated and upset. Days. Over, over a 10 minute thing, right? Yeah, days. And over a 10 minute thing that really in the scheme of things probably wasn't that big of a deal. Right. And so the sooner you just like let it go, just let it go, and you jump back into the present moment within a few minutes, everything goes back to good, right? Like soon as you rejoin the party, soon as right. you rejoin the, your group of friends, right. soon as you re-engage laughing and joking and smiling and having a good time and talking about the fun things in life, the negative hole that you were in, it suddenly vanishes. But the but as long as you're thinking about the hole, the hole stays. It doesn't go anywhere. But you have to think about the hole because it's there. You can't pretend that it doesn't exist. But you're not the whole. You're not the whole. You're not your behavior 10 minutes ago. You're whatever you've decided right now to do differently about it. Or if you decide to be the same, then yeah. Then if it keeps showing up and it keeps showing up the same way and it keeps showing up in the same magnitude, then then maybe there's something that we as humans have to do differently to make it move, to make it shift. But so long as we keep tackling those things honestly, like looking at them and going like, man, that's some shit I'm doing. That's some real serious bullshit. And the, the more we look at it and go like, okay, I need to do something different. And and I don't, I don't gauge my success off whether the bad behavior vanishes. I gauge my success over whether it diminishes and whether it's the, the, uh, intervals at which it happens also decrease. Yeah, that's that's something that I need to work on is um, not equating success with disappearance of a shadow, but is the behavior healthier? It has the frequency lessened, has the intensity lessened, um, and and so I that's something that I recognize just in this conversation right here that I've got to, I've got to readjust my, my standards, my expectations of myself, which I, I like, I've known that, um, 
but hearing you say it makes it like I, I heard it differently this time. Um, one of the one of the friends that we were I was talking to last night said something very similar. She said, "What did what was the definition of insanity that Albert Einstein gave?" And it's that you're doing the same thing over and over again, but expecting a different result. Yeah, and and that's what we humans do often in the first half of life is we've come up with ways to do our life, and it gets us by and it protects us. But we're not happy with those moments of how we treat others and manipulate situations, and yet we keep doing it the same way. And on this side of things, we have to start doing it differently. So, Bill, you you keep talking about things on the second half of life. Do you think that these are things that we can teach our kids to start doing? Or do you think that there's some level of um, maturity and experience that that kind of spurs uh, these kinds of changes? I think we can model it. And I think some younger people have the cognitive ability, their brains develop to the point where they can start to do some of that. But I think some of it does just take time and experience. Like you can't drag somebody into an awakened life. They have to get there through experience, through things happening. Uh, and some of it just by time, just like, in other words, there's no, there, I, I just, I simply wouldn't believe that there's an, an awakened 12 year old, Well, yeah. Um, <laughs> but there may be 12 year olds who, who demonstrate some pieces of, of that awakened kind of mindset. Um, I think it just takes, it's a matter of getting older. It's a matter of getting tired of the way you've done it up to this point. It's, it's a matter of being around others who are doing this thing. Uh, it's a matter of reading and learning and thinking and wrestling and deconstructing. I, I don't think it's something you can teach a kid to be, but I think you can model it so that as time goes on, it's easier for them to slip into these later stages of development than in, than it was for you or me. Yeah, I think you're probably right. What was the conversation? And again, you don't have to answer this. We can cut this part out. But what was the conversation last night with this friend where you felt poked for a while? She. What was the What was the subject matter? So I I don't have um, a clear recollection of everything, but she started talking to me about, um, it's probably going to make me cry because it still feels like I'm still, I'm still processing. I'm still working through it. But she just, she just was like, when are you going to stop living in everybody else's shadow? And I recognize that there are times in myself that to make other people happy, I do that. I... I will back off or I will stay quiet or I will um, diminish myself. And so that, that just, that poked um, and I recognize that, but at the same time, it's hard because I feel like if I am who, like if I'm all of me, um, I'm afraid that it's going to be too big or too much. And um she just she just kept pushing back and saying that's a choice. When are you going to stop making that choice? It just it just hit me differently last night, just the way that she said it and the way she approached it, and um, she just she she called it mirroring. She said, "I'm just going to mirror your response. I'm just going to mirror you," and I I just she just kept pushing and but not in a way that was um, she wasn't trying to hurt me, just confronting me with my. Um, my excuses. When, when you shared that, it it brings up a lot of stuff inside me because my wife and I are also having this conversation about how 
each like like there are things she does that are not the way I do things, and those things frustrate me. So one of those things is my wife is she's louder than me, and and she's more uh, I don't know what the word is more um, carefree. Give me a word. Carefree, yeah, carefree is a good one. Um, more ex- excitable and kind of just does her own thing and. I want to say flamboyant, but but no negative way. Like she's just she's just loud in her own way, and she's having fun with the world and fun with her friends. And I'm much more like, and part of it is playing a part, right? Part of it is I want to be seen as cool, calm, collected. I want to be seen as not uh, over the top. And so when when I perceive my wife as being loud or boisterous, it it bothers me. And I, I sometimes, and especially in the past, I used to do it all the time, is speak up and say, hey, Amanda, you're being too loud. Can you be quieter? And at some point, I'm sensing like, I don't get to do that. She gets to be the healthiest version of herself that she can be. And so long as she's not being irresponsible, so long as she is not um, with with intent causing hurt, she gets to be her. And, and the same conversation goes the other way that when I go to parties or when I'm with my friends or when I'm deciding to get out of bed before she wants me to, or I don't want to eat the mint, I get to be me in the, in the healthiest way I know how to be. I, I don't get to be irresponsible. I don't get to cause harm intentionally. I don't get to um, act in ways that hurt other people that were unnecessary, but I get to be me. She gets to be her and we have to stop manipulating each other and pushing each other and forcing each other and imposing on each other that the other person be what we need them to be or want them to be. We've got to figure out ways to live with some discomfort as we humans start to stretch ourselves and start to be who we are in the world in responsible, healthy ways with, without our partner, uh, but without others too shaming us and gilding us. We've gone, we've done that way too long in the first half of things where we presented a version of ourselves that we thought was acceptable to the world the entire time, not being authentic. We just have to do this thing better. Yeah. Yeah. I hear you. And, um, it, we, we have to stop oppressing ourselves too. I think that I oppress myself more than anybody else does. But but why do you do that? What is, what is your fear? What's going to happen if Mikkel is Mikkel, to the fullest degree? I don't know if I can answer that. It's it's a hard question. Um, I feel like, so one of the other things that we talked about is most of the people in in my life at some point have walked away. Um, so there's a fear of, of losing the people that I love. And there's a fear that I'm going to fuck it up so bad that it's going to be irreparable. Um yeah, there, it's 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 fear. There's a lot of fear. Uh, if so, I want to hit at this, and I and I I want to like I understand the dilemma. The dilemma is that all of us human beings, as we interact with each other, we need different things. We we feel safe around certain ways of doing things. We are comfortable in certain spaces and not in others. And as we all get together and interact with each other, those differences, even in their healthiest space, again, they, they bump heads. And so there's obviously a fear that, look, if I am Bill to the 
fullest, again, healthy, not, not being unhealthy, but to the fullest, healthiest degree, it's also going to cause damage to people who do not, who do not, um, who aren't, who aren't in that space. They aren't comfortable with that behavior. They aren't comfortable with that, that kind of humor or that kind of, um, sexuality or that kind of, um, personality or it, it could be little things like the kind of music you like 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 I want to play my music and you want to play yours and if I want to enjoy my music right now in this space on some level I'm irritating you because it's not your music and you don't like my music like we're doing that to each other all the time but if you're the healthy version of yourself I, I'm weighing like because because it's not like hey Mikkel you get to be you and do your thing at the expense of hurting somebody else even as you're healthy like right. on some level, there has to be balance, and, and trying to find that balance is some hard shit in every given moment. It's tricky. Can, can, can you? Can you? I don't think you can not compromise yourself. Right, and that's that's what's that's what the struggle is is like finding that balance, and how do you know when you've got a balance? I, don't, I have no idea. Because what what feels balanced to you may be unbalanced for somebody else. And so it's like, I just sometimes feel defeated. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, I don't think you can be in relationship with any other human being, whether it's your significant other, whether it's your friends, whether it's your coworkers. I don't think you can be in any of those relationships without struggling to find this balance and almost assuredly, each 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 other are doing da- we're doing damage to each other. We're we're hurting each other. We're making each other uncomfortable. I don't think there's any other way to do it. And so yes, there feels like a lot of defeat. But but granted, the other person's feeling defeat too, right? Like we're all feeling defeat. That doesn't sure, but that doesn't make it better. Yeah. I don't, I don't think there's a way to do it. I don't think there's a way to say like all of us just get to be us to the fullest degree we want to in healthy ways. And everybody else just has to deal with it because the person dealing with it is then compromising their being their best self in their healthiest way. It it just is a fucked up mess of shit. Had we evolved just to be mushrooms, we (laughs) might get along better if we just evolved to be bushes or trees, but nope, we're humans and humans come with this additional layer of consciousness and ego. Oh. And, uh, you know, the trees in the forest, some trees decide they want to grow faster. And then the tree that doesn't grow as fast because he wants to be shorter, he dies because he doesn't get the sunlight he needs. Right? Like the trees are doing it to each other too. But but there's not an ego or a consciousness to get pissed at each other or to get irritated or to get uncomfortable or to get bothered or hurt or offended the tree just dies and nobody knows the difference. I don't like it. What were some of the things that uh, that you uh, that you experienced this week that you wanted to talk about? Um, so that experience last night, and um, I just just taking time to connect with myself. Um, I haven't I haven't done that in a long time, and so um, just learning about myself. I also started a new book that I think you would really love. It's called The Anatomy of Peace. Mm, who's the author? Do you know offhand? It's the Arbinger Institute. There's not one particular author. I think that there is. Uh, Corey told me the author's name, but the when I brought the book up on Audible, it said the Arbinger Arbinger mm, Institute. Interesting. Tell me about the book. 
Um, I'm not very far into it, but it's it's told in um, like a storytelling fashion. So it's there's different characters in the book, um, and as far as I've gotten, there's um, a group of parents who have brought their children to a like a wilderness therapy program for drugs and um, trouble with the law and, and those kinds of things. And um, the parents are in a meeting with the two uh, company like organizers who run the therapy program. And they're talking about um, how if we have peace in our heart, um, if you're reacting to someone, you are basically causing a war. You're at war with yeah. them and you're at war with yourself. Um, and so if you if you have peace in your heart and you see people as human beings rather than objects, um, there there's no there's no fighting, there's no war and how we often create wars with our children and other people that we interact with because we, we dehumanize them. We don't see them as um, people like ourselves. So it's just, it's interesting. They tell um, some history about the Roman empire and um, another, another leader or crusader, or I can't remember exactly. I, I, that's what I have a hard time with bill. When I listen to audible, I can't, I can't go back to a specific page, whereas if I have the book in my hand, then I can highlight and mark it up. Yeah, I'm with you. It it makes it... It's listening to information is a different learning experience than reading information. Yeah. Um, as you were talking about the book there, it, it I want to I go back for a second to last night and this person who's sitting with you and saying, like, stop, stop living in other people's shadows. Like... I, that rings true, right? Like it rings true that you have to stop. And this is all of us, by the way, not just you. We, all of us have to stop compromising ourself in order to be acceptable to to everyone around us. And at the same time, Mikkel, that, like that advice is beautiful and it rings true. And at the same exact moment, it's a paradox because it's also at times, very shitty advice, and it's the wrong thing to do, right? Like, you don't get to be you at the expense of anyone else being them. Right. So, I, I don't I don't know that that ever gets resolved, right? Like, we're all going to go to our deathbed trying to be more of ourself and compromising ourselves so as to allow other people to feel safe and not have to compromise themselves. Right. Yeah, I, I don't I don't know that there's a way around it. Oh, it's just so messy. Um, we'll put the book up on the on the in the bookstore. I, I updated the bookstore this week and put a ton more of the things we've been talking about there. There's probably at this point twenty books up there uh, for the listeners to check out. If you go to almostawaken.org, go to the bookstore. There's a link for bookstore in the header. One of the things I wanna I wanna get into. I think the next episode we do. I think we'll spend the whole episode talking about sexuality. And specifically, because I think it really relates to what you're talking about here in terms of like not being in somebody else's shadow or everyone else's shadows for that matter, is I wrote a, a blog post and I put it up on our Reddit page, Reddit, uh, and it's the subreddit of Almost Awakened. And it hits on this issue, like everywhere else in the world, as we're dealing with relationships, we, most topics aren't a big deal. And what I mean by that is, Mikkel, if you and I are going to go uh, out this week as friends and have dinner together, we'll talk to each other and say, hey, what are you in the mood for? What what kind of food do you want? 
And maybe Kelsey jumps in and says, like, I'd like Italian. And Amanda says she wants Mexican. And, you know, but at the end of the conversation, the four of us decide that, you know, here's the place that all of us will be happy with. But somebody's compromising. But it's not a big deal. Like, okay, I'll eat Italian tonight. I'm not really in the mood for it. But everybody else wants Italian. And then I'll just go ahead and get Chinese tomorrow. Like, that's easy. When it comes to our sexuality, when it comes to uh, that, that facet of our lives... It gets really complicated because it's not like you can you can go one month on and one month off with each other getting their way. These things become really complex. And so I'm going to point listeners to this Reddit post that I wrote. I'm hoping maybe next episode we can just spend a ton of time talking about this wrestle in relationships. And I think it goes right back to this advice this person's giving you, which is both the most true and greatest advice in the world and also the most horrible and and uh, not true advice in the world and why why it is both, why it's a paradox. Yeah, I, I think that, you know, in regards to sexuality and sex and, and intimacy in that regard, um, there's so much shame and, and cultural conditioning that we experience that makes it such a difficult topic to discuss, yeah. especially with people that we that we love and that we're most closely connected to. Um, I'm still also working on a book called The Ethical Slut, and it's about polyamory and polyamorous relationships. And I started the book just because it intrigued me, not that I'm interested in having an open relationship, but I'm interested in how other people make it work. And the authors have a ton of good information that can be applied to any relationship. They have... Uh, several chapters on communication and how to have open communication, um, and they have activities that you can that you can work on with your significant other or with other people in your life. They have a chapter on jealousy and how to take ownership of your feelings and just how to have healthier relationships. And I, I've loved the book. I still have probably three hours left before I finish, but it's been fascinating. Yeah, I, I think that topic is, oh, man, it, it, it's, it's a hard one to have a conversation about. I'm hoping that we can talk about it in a way that does it justice, because even as you and I are talking about this thing that everybody on this side of life is contemplating or thinking about or wrestling with in their own relationships, um, it, it still becomes taboo. It still becomes deeply uncomfortable to have an open conversation about uh, but i th- but i'm with you like this is this is the space people are exploring and thinking about like how do i get to be these pieces of me in ways that that honor who i am but also in ways that don't deeply hurt or fracture uh, the people that we love in our significant other and uh, friends or um and again, society has set up all these constructs for what this is supposed to look like. And and I just think, man, the conversation needs to happen. People need to be thinking about these things um, because I think they already are. There's just no safe space to talk about it out loud and to work these things out. Yeah. And it it's, you know, I, I keep thinking, Bill, about the conversation that I had last night. And one of the, the themes from The Ethical Slut is that... Um, it's, it's choice. Um, and, and I think that that's part of why it's sometimes difficult for me because I don't want to take responsibility for how I'm feeling. I don't want that to be my choice. It's easier to make how I'm feeling someone else's fault 
um, rather than acknowledging that that I'm choosing to feel this way. Um, and I think that that, that goes along with, um, talking about sex too, because we, we can be poked. Um, but why are we feeling poked? And, And that's a choice that we're making. And so maybe we have a conversation about, um, what to do in those instances when we're choosing that and how to work through it. Yeah. I, I, the most complicated, messy, conversational topic I think that exists in the world. I think it's bigger than politics or religion or sports. It is how we get to express ourselves uh, sexually within a relationship and relationships with the people that we love and care about. Um, both in how you live your life and how your parents have certain expectations of you. And if that life looks different, how you have to um, shield yourself from those kinds of criticisms, whether it's the sexuality between you and your spouse, whether it's the judgment and shame in our culture for if you choose to do that in any way differently. And, and, I, and I don't want the listener to sit here and think like, oh, everybody wants to have sex with everybody. That's not the conversation. Um, no, it, it's but way even- more complicated than that. Yeah, absolutely. But even even as you're talking about that, I'm what's coming up for me is that being a lesbian, there there are things that people don't want to talk about, p- things that people don't want to see because I'm a lesbian. And so there's there's this dichotomy um in that regard as well. It's it's not just between heterosexual couples, it's it's everywhere. Yeah. No, I'm with you. Um Anything else that went on this week? Anything else that's kind of interesting or cool or going on that uh, is on your mind? Um, no, I'm I'm just I'm just processing. I'm working through a lot and trying to have a better understanding of myself and why I do what I do and how to be healthier. And um, sometimes that's a bumpy, ugly ride. Yeah, I, I the party last night. I I had such a good time. Just a lot of fun. And even in moments, there were moments that, like you, I was having uh, a negative experience. And and even in the midst of having a negative experience, though, Mikkel, I got to say, I was actually enjoying, like, I don't know how to put a finger on it. Like, when we have these conversations about being present, and we talk about how to be more joyous, or more happy, or more fulfilled, it doesn't mean that the negative things go away. Right. But But I'm... I'm beginning to experience like a positive experience in the midst of a negative thing happening. And I don't even know what to call that or how to tell others how to get there. But it feels like the thing that Eckhart Tolle and um, some of these other uh, wisdom teachers they speak of, you know, there's a lot of this Buddhist stuff where we just sit in the suffering and we don't have to suffer with the bad thing that's happening. And even calling it a bad thing is a label there seems to be something in terms of awakeness in moving into a space where even in the midst of what rest of the world would call negative things happening, you can still sit in those moments and not be sucked into having a negative experience yourself. I I found that fascinating last night. There were things going on. I enjoyed the entire night for the most part. There was a few minutes here or there that I didn't but there were a couple of negative experiences or what I would have traditionally looked at as negative. I certainly was poked by what was happening. And yet I didn't find myself in any kind of hole for very long. 
and was able to kind of just sit in that experience still having a positive time. I don't even know how to put words to it. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, I will say, I will say um, this is something that's kind of come to my awareness and that I'm um, working on is in the past when someone has said that they've wanted to talk to me, I tend to get a lot of anxiety and all, I usually go to worst case scenario. It's got to be um, something difficult coming, right? Yep. Something like something really shitty is going to happen. They're going to like, they're going to tell me they hate me. They never want to see me again. Like whatever. It, it, I usually always go to worst case scenario and um, had another friend approach me last night and say, Hey, I, I, you know, I want to talk to you. Um, and I found myself in, in that first like second going to that negative space and, and thinking the worst case scenario. Um, but I stopped myself and I, I said, no, let's, let's just see what she has to say. Maybe it's not a bad thing. And it wasn't, it, it ended up being a really good conversation and some conflict was resolved. Um, and so like, I was proud of myself for doing that. Um, isn't it cool when you show up differently? It is cool, but I don't always do it. it sometimes i still make the choice to be a shitty human being. But I'm, yeah, it makes no, me happy when I, <laughs> when I nail it. I, I find it interesting when we've done something a certain way a thousand times, and then suddenly it's like a light bulb goes on, and you see the situation for what it is for the first time ever, and you choose to do it differently. I don't know. I just Those kind of things impress me. So I'm, I'm really proud of the fact that you had that experience last night. Thanks. Thanks. Um, man, last night's party was... Sexy fun. I had a blast. Yeah, there was there were people outside dancing. Everybody was just smiling. People were giggling and laughing. Uh, a lot of the 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 women uh, in the group were dancing and and being sexy about their dancing. They just it was just such a fun party. Uh, everybody yeah, was. Everybody seemed like they had a great time. Yeah, it, they did. I don't think I've done that much exercise from dancing in a really long time. Yeah. So your, your legs are a little sore this morning. My, my whole body's a little sore. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I, I kept walking from, and again, it's the way that this thing works that we call a party. You know, there's 50 people present and you spend time in these little groups. And sometimes the groups are various sizes. Maybe it's a joke and the entire kitchen laughs. But you move from like group of people to group of people and there's this human behavior of like feeling out other people and trying to find your place within that group and what it just it makes it makes all these conversations really fun when you see them from that vantage point. And as I walked around talking to different people, there were times I was in a one on one conversation with somebody. There were times I was in groups of three or four or six or seven uh, people just want to be seen. They want to expose as much of themselves as they can looking to you to see if you accept them the way they are. And in a crowd like last night, what I love about parties like last night is everybody allowed everybody else to just be them. And it was fully acceptable. Um, and, I, and again, I'm not, I, I understand that in the midst of a party like that, there's little moments where, Maybe, maybe your spouse, maybe, maybe your best friend, whoever, maybe they get poked by something, but that generally speaking, everybody allowed everybody else to be them. And, and when that happens, it just has this space of like love and acceptance. 
and everybody, you can just see people are happy. It's why we get together and do this thing is it gives us this affirmation that we're all deeply craving. Yeah. Yeah. The only negative thing about, um, like as a carryover from last night was waking up with naphthalene breath. <laughs> right. The, the chemical that smells like mothballs. <laughs> we, we all have morning breath, right? It's always, it's an atrocious thing. And when you party really hard late into the night, I've got to imagine it's worse. I, I didn't have my wife breathe in my face and I didn't breathe in hers, or at least I don't think I did. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, it, it's got to be really bad this morning. Yeah. So um, <laughs> anything else from you? That's it. Uh, closing song for the, today, Mikkel. You told me last night what it was going to be. It's Pink, I Am Here. Pink, I Am Here. Uh, this has been the Almost Awakened podcast. Check us out at almostawakened.org. Uh, also, don't uh, forget our sponsor, Red Roca Coffee. Uh, put in the code AWAKE and uh, and get uh, free shipping for an orders of $40 or more. Plus, you get a discount by using that code AWAKE, A-W-A-K-E. Check out the podcast on Reddit and Facebook. Join in the conversations. Uh, this is a lot of fun, Mikkel. I, I just enjoy having these conversations. It's about human development and, and improvement and how we start seeing the shit we never saw before. And I, I can't imagine a, a better way to do it than to sit down with my friend every week and talk about the stuff going on in my life, both good and bad, and what listeners can learn from that. So thank you for being you and and for being part of this. It's a lot of fun. You were panicking a little bit last night when you asked me, and I still didn't have a topic, but I think this was a really good conversation. I had fun. Yeah, and I hope people tune in next week because we're going to be talking about sex, Mikkel. Sounds good. It's like my favorite thing. It's one of my favorite things. <laughs> Not <laughs> well, with if, you, well, if it's, but... If it's, no, no, I know. Well... <laughs> That would be really weird if, like, you as a lesbian, your best thing was sex with me. That would be That'd odd. be way weird. <laughs> we'd so, need to have a conversation with our spouses about that. Yeah, yeah we'd have to tell them first. That would be acting irresponsibly. <laughs> um, you, you made it sound like it's one of your best things. Is there something better than sex? No. Okay, then it's the best thing. Well, okay, I, I take that back. Cuddling naked, like, the, between the two, they're pretty closely matched. Hmm. Um, my thing is back scratching. If somebody scratches my back, I would almost take that over sex. That's interesting. Is that weird? I'm not going to judge you. Okay. All right. If somebody, I'm going to start to know who the secret listeners of our podcast are. When they, they start scratching your they back? They start sitting down next to me and just scratching my back. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I can't wait for next week. Everybody, I hope you enjoyed the Almost Awakened podcast. This has been another Almost Awakened episode. Check us out at almostawakened.org, where you can check out past episodes, make a donation to keep this podcast running, email us a question or comment, or find out more about the resources shared in today's episode. For coaching opportunities or extra support, visit nonsense spirituality.com to meet with certified spiritual director Brittany Hartman.